Welcome, my black and gold brothers and sisters. My name is Monsignor Bad, and thank you for joining me here at St. Rooney Cathedral of the Immaculate Reception. Welcome to a brand new show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is the Steelers Sermon. Yes, it's Sunday morning, and we all worship our Pittsburgh Steelers, and we also know that in the fall, there are times that we get down on our knees, put our hands together, and pray to the heavens for our heroes and hypocycloids to have good fortune. Sometimes it works out. Other times it doesn't. If you grew up a Steelers fan, you grew up with your football as a religion. And that's something that we're going to go ahead and put a spin on it. And we're going to have some fun with it too. But first a disclaimer, in no way is this to poke fun at religion. This is no way to replace whatever faith you have. It is not to poke fun of it whatsoever. I grew up in a certain way and I still have faith. I'm passionate about my religion. I'm passionate about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this is not a religious show. It is just about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the passion that its fans have. And it's also going to go ahead and give me an opportunity to preach a little bit about something that's on my mind and something to impress upon you as Pittsburgh Steelers fans, really what's going on and not to be clouded by outside voices. So that's what we're going to do right here. And it is, once again, the Steelers Sermon. And thank you for joining me here. If you haven't turned it off already, thank you. We appreciate that. We're going to try to have some fun here. So let's start now with a reading from St. Brian Anthony to the Yinzers. Chapter 74, verse 05. When the great King Ben could no longer sling the skin of pig and went off to a glorious garden of riches after 468 fortnights of glory. Yes, a fortnight is two weeks, by the way, and I just did the math. 18 years, two weeks. Yeah, that's a lot of fortnights. His followers sought out a suitable successor. The prophet Kevin ventured into the market to address the concerns of the bewildered Yinzers. One elderly follower cried, I have been a follower of the black and gold since 1969 BTB. BTB? Before Terry Bradshaw, I guess. Eh, yeah, that works. Let's try that. We have gazed upon the scrolls of soothsayers from near and far, proclaiming pestilence and tribulation, should we not find the one we seek to lead our warriors to triumph. Another shouted, We do not knoweth what to believe, as we've heard conflicting prophecies of an old sage from the Garden of Cheese, or a student with raw gifts and unproven battles. They will both require us to exchange a king's ransom that will deplete our resources greatly. The prophet Kevin, in a calming manner, proclaimed to the wary disciples, Fret not, we will not only scour our own village, but we'll search well past the rivers three to find the warrior to lead us. Outsiders will boast unfounded wisdom of what we will cometh. 
Yet, they know not what we truly desire. But believe that only those that truly possess the purest knowledge and truest intentions will know when the ultimate chosen one presents himself and welcome him into the kingdom of steel. This is the word of the Berg. Yes, indeed, that is the word of the Berg. And in our gospel today, what is it that we are hearing from the followers of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, the great King Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, has retired after 18 seasons, and that's something that everybody is well aware of. And it's something that the fans of the Steelers have been wondering and actually gripping over who is going to be the next quarterback of their team. And you know what? It's something that is a concern. We know how important the quarterback position is to the Pittsburgh Steelers, to any football team. We know. And fans are worrying. They're worrying for good reason. Because one, they know about what happened from 1984 to 2003 when the Steelers did not have that franchise quarterback. And they're worrying about that chasm of 26 years from championships from 1979 to 2005. They worry about that. And I get it. We all do. We understand. It doesn't help that the national media is coming out and saying, well, this is a rebuilding team. You got to know with the Pittsburgh Steelers that it's not really a rebuild. It's a reload. Now, we've heard some people say that it's always a rebuild if you need a new quarterback. But you've seen different situations when you plug in the proper quarterback, the one player that is that missing piece of the puzzle, that you could have success. This was a playoff team the past two years with a Ben Roethlisberger that was past his prime. And we get it. And we know it. But Ben would have been a lot more successful in the 2021 season if he had a better offensive line. So a lot of people are saying, well, you have to go out and replace Ben Roethlisberger now. You've got to find the next great quarterback now. My answer to that is, is that completely necessary? It's more of a question, not just an answer. But I've got to ask that. We just talked about the offensive line being a liability to that team last year. And if the Steelers are to replace a few pieces of that offensive line and make it better, if they can enhance it and make it better, then whoever the quarterback is, is going to have an opportunity to throw the ball down the field, not have to release it 
in under two seconds like Ben Roethlisberger had to the last couple years. And this team will have a better chance of going further in the playoffs. Talk about this a lot. I talk about Ryan Tannehill, who was a high pick for the Steelers. Not the Steelers, excuse me, for the Miami Dolphins. But I talk about it as if the Steelers are involved. Because when you think about how he wasn't successful with the Miami Dolphins, but turned around and went to a team like the Tennessee Titans, he was able to turn this team around. So it's possible. Another team's trash could be the Pittsburgh Steelers' treasure. You just don't know who needs that change of scenery. There's a big name out there right now. And it's a big name only because he was a number two overall draft pick. And that's Mitch Trubisky. I would love to see Mitch Trubisky on this Pittsburgh Steelers team. He's 27 years old. He is a great winning percentage of close to 700 in his starts. And he went to a Pro Bowl. Now, a lot of people wince when I say Mitch Trubisky. And all these guys on the list, you're going to wince at unless you go after a trade. And we're going to talk about that as well. But the reason there's wincing is this. Because if a quarterback right now is in position to leave as a free agent, that means they have not done enough for their current team to throw the bank at them. And we get it. We know that's going to happen. Once again, another team's trash could be the Steelers' treasure that happened with Ryan Tannehill for the Tennessee Titans. You know, this isn't a quarterback, but I remember going to a football game back in 2004. The Steelers had a Sunday night game against Jacksonville. This was Ben's rookie year. Remember, Ben was quite pedestrian. They protected Ben. He did not have a lot of passing yards, did not have a lot of touchdown passes his rookie year, but they had a very good team around him and he made a big difference. But this isn't about Ben. This is actually about James Ferrier. Now the football game I went to was because they had the Sunday night game and I was at in New Jersey for work. So we traveled, a buddy of mine and I, we traveled about an hour to East Rutherford. And we had no clue how we were going to get past that swamp. And we actually, uh, we actually got a ride from somebody that was going to the game too. We could tell, and they gave us a ride over. Um, yeah, be careful of that. Uh, not the safest, but you know, a large guy around the age of 35 isn't that worried about being kidnapped, but don't try that kids. Whatever you do, don't do that. So, but anyways, we went to the game and it was the Houston Texans and the New York Jets. And I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm rooting for the Jets because it's the home team. And I really, I mean, both teams weren't good. And, you know, 
when in Rome. So I'm screaming J E T S jets, jets, jets. But I let everybody know around me that I'm a Steeler fan and the guys behind me were really cool. And they had the, uh, they had the Jersey accents or the New York accents, you know, right out of Sopranos casting. It was great. And they were really cool when I was talking to them. And I said, Hey, by the way, thanks for James Ferrier. And the guy was like, Oh my James Ferrier. We couldn't get a Yugo for the guy. And then he goes to Pittsburgh and he's like an MVP. What's up with that? And so, you know, we had a laugh and I was thinking, man, he was trash. He was not in the right system with the New York Jets. But he goes to Pittsburgh. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was in consideration for Defensive Player of the Year in 2004. He was absolutely phenomenal. And in a really good 2002 season, a good 2003 season, this guy was a good player. And they don't win championships without the play of James Ferrier. They don't win those two rings. They might have won another one. He was one of those guys on defense. Yeah, he went to Pro Bowls for the Steelers. But he was still a little bit of an unsung hero because he wasn't the biggest name there. But he fit. He was the perfect piece of the puzzle. Another team's trash was the Pittsburgh Steelers treasure here. You know, and that's happened in so many other situations. In fact, when the James Ferrier thing happened, a lot of people were really bummed out that Earl Holmes was gone. Earl Holmes goes to the Browns and free agency. What are we going to do? Earl's gone. And then you turn around and you sign James Ferrier. That was Kevin Colbert back then. I know Kevin Colbert's days are numbered. And that was, he put that up upon himself because he's retiring. He's still going to be involved with the organization. So not too worried about that, but he's still going to have his stamp on the off season here leading to the 2022 season. So if you look at things and you look at the guys that are out there, don't really worry about who they're going to bring in and don't worry about who the national media are telling us that they're going to bring in. Just worry about the fact that the Steelers know what they're doing. And I got to tell you, they really do. You might not think they do, but they know exactly what they're doing. They're doing due diligence. A lot of people freaked out when they heard, well, if the season started today, Mason Rudolph is the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, of course. You have to say that. Why? He's in-house. Remember in the gospel, we were talking about the players that are already there. They will not only scour in their own village, they'll look elsewhere. But right now, you have to crown Mason Rudolph as the next man up. And he had, he had his time with the press this weekend. And he said, you know, man, I am excited for my opportunity. I know I could embrace this offense. And you could tell he was glad that Ben's out of there. You know, a lot of people were praising Ben. <laughs> Mason Rudolph was basically, I, you know, just from what we noticed, 
it looked like he was thinking, all right, buddy. All right, seven. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. We'll see you. Adios. You know, I, I don't blame him. He's been behind this guy for a long time. And when I say behind, he has been pushed back because of that. He got his opportunity, got hurt, didn't play well at times, was not perfect. But remember that pedestrian season we were talking about with Ben Roethlisberger? Mason Rudolph was still winning games. It just was ugly. Some of Ben's wins weren't because of Ben, because they protected him and they had players around him. But this is not an endorsement for Mason Rudolph. I'm just saying that Mason Rudolph is going to have to be in-house, and so is Dwayne Haskins. But you know they're going to bring somebody in from the outside. They're probably going to bring somebody somewhere in the draft. They're going to bring somebody in via free agency. They're also going to entertain a trade. Now, the trade worries a lot of people in Pittsburgh because everywhere you look, whether it's a free agent, but mostly a trade, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, anybody else, Derek Carr, that could possibly be traded. If you look at who the top three and everybody's putting out a list, the top three suitors, the top three possibilities, the top three best bets to pick up Aaron Rodgers, the Steelers are on that list. They're on the list for Russell Wilson. They're on the list for Derek Carr. In fact, they're front runners. You're going to see Denver on that list too. You're not seeing Tennessee on every list, but you're seeing Tennessee now on the Aaron Rodgers list. And just this weekend, a lot of people came up with the fact that, all right, decision's going to be about Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers is going to let the Packers know what he wants to happen on Tuesday. Well, it's the Packers' decision, really, because he's not a free agent. Everybody talks about the fact that he bought a home in Tennessee, so it could be the Titans. Everybody's talking about the fact that one of his coaches, Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay, went to Denver as the new head coach, and his exact words were, I'd follow Hackett anywhere. Doesn't mean he's going. And everybody's talking about the fact that he's talked about how much he loves Mike Tomlin and would love to play in the Berg. Because he has a lot of friends that are Yinzers. He said that. And that was a while back. But you know what? What do the Steelers want? We assume that the Steelers want certain things at quarterback because that's what they need. We assume that the Steelers want a new center or are going to draft Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. This guy's awesome. Yeah, he is. But we're assuming that they're done with Kendrick Green. You've never heard the Steelers say that they're done with this guy after one season. Kendrick Green said, hey, you know, they never said anything about that in my exit interview. And he's been working out with Marquise Pouncey. Steelers have so many needs. They've probably pinpointed Kendrick Green as the guy that they want to continue to see what happens with and build around it especially with a new coach 
guiding that offensive line. And the Steelers are going to want the same thing that they want at quarterback too. Just because we want it and we think this is what they should do, they know what they need to do better than we do. They have the scouting department. They're paid to do it. Just because we are able to look from afar and say, you know, I do if I had that, if I was in that situation. If we were in that situation, no, we wouldn't. We do what was best for the team because you've got to look at 53 other guys. And for everybody that thinks the Steelers are going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, that's another one. The Steelers are front runners. Everyone's crowning Jimmy Garoppolo as black and gold number 10, the starting quarterback next year. And sure, the Pittsburgh Steelers might like him a lot. He might fit in that offense. But the thing about it is what do they really want and what do they want to give up? Remember back in the gospel when we were talking about both these quarterbacks require us to exchange a king's ransom that will deplete our resources greatly. That's draft capital. You lose the draft capital and you're putting these quarterbacks on an island. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo could lift the team by himself. He's going to need resources. He's going to need guys to throw to. You are going to need to draft an offensive lineman high or bring one in via free agency. But the Steelers know what to do because they're weighing all 53 guys in that room. And the 40 other guys that are going to be there at camp. And you got to understand that players that you think are expendable and you think they should cut, you just can't cut every guy that isn't a superstar. Everybody's hated Terrell Edmonds for a while. I don't see why. He keeps on getting better. I always talk about the fact that if he was a number two or number three pick, we would love him so much more. But there were expectations where he was picked as a number one pick. And that hasn't done him any favors. But the guy's been a good player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're going to probably hope that the Steelers re-sign him. But everybody, one bad play, they need to cut that guy. They need to cut this guy. Why is Haskins on the team? Why is this happening? Get rid of this guy. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of Kendrick Green. Get rid of J.C. Hassenhauer. You know, you got to have players. You can't have a superstar at every position. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2008. They didn't have superstars at every position. But they were strong enough and they were deep enough to win a Super Bowl that year. So what I'm saying here is the media is going to tell us who the Steelers are going to need to bring in at quarterback. Or they're going to tell us that the Steelers need to trade up to the Jets at number 10 to get Malik Willis. We know they like Malik Willis, but do they like Malik Willis that much to not give him an offensive line and to give up draft capital to go up and get him? We loved it when they did it for Devin Bush. Now, 
<laughs> what was I just talking about? Now people want to cut Devin Bush. They don't want to tender him for another year. We make those rash comments when we think the team isn't going to do what we need them to do. Everybody wants Kevin, I mean, excuse me. Everybody wants Mr. Pickett. And the reason they want Kenny Pickett is because they know him. Because a lot of us are Pitt Panthers fans. He plays in Heinz Field. Knows how to play in Heinz Field. Sure. But the media is telling us that they have to go ahead and trade up to get these guys. And the media is also telling us, okay, they're not going to trade up to get these guys. So they're going to take a quarterback for the sake of taking a quarterback in round one. And they're going to take Sam Howell. Look, I'm all for Sam Howell in the second round. Don't have a problem with that. You know, take a flyer. He might, he's probably going to be there. Some people say no, but yeah, he's probably going to be there. But, but keep in mind, Sam Howell is probably the fourth best quarterback on the board. The fourth best quarterback back in 2004 after Manning, Rivers, and Roethlisberger went around number 24. And it was J.P. Lozman. Buffalo Bills took him. How long did he last? Artie Burns was the fifth or sixth best corner in 2016. They took him just for the sake of taking a corner. They did. And it did not work out. If this isn't the right year to get that quarterback in the draft, wait. Find him in another manner. But be careful with that draft capital. And just because the media thinks they need to do this doesn't mean that the Steelers are going to do it. That's the same with mock drafts. It's the same with everything. I mean, I'm paid to tell you these things, what they should do but I'd rather tell you what I think they're going to do, whether I endorse it or not. Because ultimately the decision is Kevin Colbert's. It's Brandon Hunt's. It's Omar Khan's. It's Mike Tomlin's. It's Art Rooney II. It's anybody else that matters in that organization. And those are the guys we need to trust and believe in. And that's what I'm going to do. So when I look at the fact that believe that the only ones that can make this decision are the ones with the purest knowledge and truest intentions, they will know when the ultimate chosen one presents himself and welcome him into the kingdom of steel. I believe it. So there we go. So, Let's go ahead and take a look at some other things here in our Steelers sermon. Something I found, I'm going to take this passage, and it was on Twitter. So this is a passage from the prophet J-A-H 9-7-1 at King 2 k 6 If the Steelers trade for Rodgers, everyone who is complaining... We'll still watch the games. If the Steelers draft and start a rookie, we will still watch the games. 
if the Steelers start Mason, we will still watch with a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, mock drafts are showing different things. Just know what to believe. And the best thing to believe is that the Steelers are going to make that right decision. So this is the time that this is a new segment. I don't know if it's going to work out well or not. We were joking when we were thinking about this podcast. We were going to call it the Bad Wang Podcast. And it was a joke about my disdain for one John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ratbirds. So Jeff Hartman and Dave Scofield thought it'd be funny if we did something like the Wang of the Week. I don't know if that fits the sermon. So we're going to call him the Heathen Wang of the Week. And this week, it's Desmond Howard. And it's basically just for the fact that the former Heisman Trophy winner and Super Bowl MVP did not have the proper foresight before he tweeted this week. When he saw a blue and yellow bridge lit up, he writes Go Blue for Michigan. <laughs> He's a staunch Michigan guy. That's where he won his Heisman. And that was a response to a tweet from Chris Fowler of ESPN, one of his one of his co-workers there. He's taken a lot of heat for it. And yeah, he should. I get it. But the reason he's taking the heat, that blue and yellow was not for Michigan. It's for what's going on in the Ukraine. And you got to be careful when you say something like that and put it out on social media. So once again, that's our heathen wang of the week. I'm going to give you an opportunity at BTSC, B-A-D on Twitter. Go ahead and put your nominations in for next week's wang of the week. And we will put that on here as well. So once again, there we go. It was the inaugural episode of the Steelers Sermon. It's Sunday. Worship who you worship. And if you're going to worship the Steelers, make room for them too. It's okay. So my name is Brian Anthony Davis, Monsignor Bad, Reverend Bad, Rabbi Bad, whatever you want me to be. I'll be here every week in the offseason here at St. Rooney Cathedral of the Immaculate Reception. So I ask you to do three things before we go. One, be true to yourself. Two, be safe. And three, always be behind the steel curtain.